Myself Chakras, episode 133. Fear, uncertainty, and discomfort are your compasses toward growth. The seven chakras, swirling vortices of energy, positioned throughout our body from the base of the spine to the crown of the head. For thousands of years, this ancient wisdom has been passed on from master to disciple. What are the functions of these energy centers? And could these chakras help you unlock your destiny and find your true purpose? Welcome to My 7 Chakras. And now, your host, Aditya Jai Kumar. What's up, Action Tribe? AJ here, founder and host of My 7 Chakras, your hub for advice, tips, and ideas that will truly transform your life. This is a show where we prove to you that if you want to make a change in your body, you got to start with your mind. And if you want to change your mind, the easiest way is to start with your body. Because quite honestly, the mind and body are deeply connected. This is not just my gut feeling, although trusting your gut is the best thing you can do. The mind-body connection has been spoken about for thousands of years and is now being validated by science. Action Tribe, we've got a powerful episode in store for you today. But before that, it is question time. As we've learned in countless episodes before this, there's a lot of power in forgiveness. Forgiving someone for something they did in the past allows you to clear away any stagnant energy that's holding you back. And it makes way for white light and love that will help you embrace the new you. So here's what I want you to do right now. We're going to do a forgiveness exercise. Who's that one person that you need to forgive? I repeat, who's that one person that you haven't forgiven yet but you know deep down that you just need to let go type in your response on twitter facebook or instagram using the hashtag my seven chakras just let out that energy into the universe and turn a brand new page today so do it right now if you can i'll give you two minutes you can hit pause and we can always jump back into this episode have you posted your forgiveness message yet if you have then let's get back into action. We are now ready to bring you our featured guest for today, Jen Hand. So Jen, are you ready to inspire? I am. Awesome. So Jen Hand is a speaker, writer, author, world traveler, adventure connoisseur, holistic health advocate, creator of Healing From Within and founder of JenHand.com, a full service boutique that offers coaching and an eight week online program that enables women to transform their relationship with food, weight, body and eating. Jen Hand helps you end your unending battle with food demons, your daily struggle with cravings and your constant a war with binging. She will hold you by the hand and gently help you lose that extra weight once and for all, never to find it again, ever. So Jen, before we move on, tell us a bit more about yourself. So I am a food coach. That's what, that's the latest title I've given myself that has changed as my business has grown and evolved. And I work with women who really struggle with emotional eating and obsessing about food and their body and their weight and get trapped in this cycle of trying to diet and start over every Monday, but by Friday being knee deep, you know, spooning ice cream into their mouths and and trying not to eat pizza and just really battling food and having a really, really tumultuous relationship with it. And so I help these women find that freedom and learn to accept their bodies and learn to love themselves and really find a peaceful relationship with food. Wonderful. So Jen, for someone who is just tuning into our show, let's give them a dose of inspiration 
question. So let me ask you, what is your favorite inspirational quote? And tell us how you apply this quote in your life. I am a huge inspirational quote junkie. Um, so it's hard to pick one, but <laughs> I would say one of my favorites is fear, uncertainty, and discomfort are your compasses toward growth. And that's by Celestine Chua. And this just speaks to me so much because some of my most challenging situations and obstacles in life have been some of my biggest teachers. And I think a lot of times we shy away from something that's uncomfortable and something we're afraid of. And when we have uncertainty in our lives, and I think those are actually the times where we need to lean in and we need to face it and we need to figure out what's going on because that's where some of our biggest lessons are. And so for me, it's been re reminding myself of that when I'm going through something difficult or facing a difficult emotion or feeling uncertain about a situation in my life. I come back to this quote and remember that, you know, looking back in retrospect, whether that's six months, a year or five years, I'll understand how much of a catalyst this was for me towards my own growth and my own change and my own, you know, deepening of myself and my self-love and those big life lessons that, that often really, really change us at our core. I think that's an amazing quote. So thanks a lot for sharing that. It hasn't been shared before this. Fear, uncertainty and discomfort are your compasses towards growth. And when I think of compass... I think of direction. And it's so true. And when we fear something, that's usually a sign that something is holding you back. And that something is usually something that you need to do in order to get to the next level. Something that you need to experience, something that you need to embrace. So as you rightly said, fear, uncertainty and discomfort are not bad. They're actually your compasses that will point you towards the right direction. So Jennifer, what inspired you to start your website, genhand.com? I actually had a very different direction. I was was I enrolled in a master's program in nutrition sure. and was planning to graduate and become a nutritionist and just solely work with food and nutrition. And what I discovered was that my passion actually was different than that. And I had wrestled these demons in my own life and battling my weight and my body and food for probably about 12 or 13 years of my own life. And so it was sort of a natural next step when I found that freedom in my own life. I wanted to sort of combine the nutrition with the emotional piece and the mental blocks and the mindset shifts and all of the other more holistic stuff that helps people heal. Mm -hmm. I wanted to incorporate that into what I did. And so I kind of scrapped being a nutritionist and started my website. And I actually started just blogging and just, it was terrifying for me because I was so afraid to let that side of me out into the world because it was such a vulnerable part of me. And because it was something I had kept hidden for so many years, I didn't want people to know that I, I struggled with food and, you know, close friends and family knew, but the greater part of the world, you know, I didn't want people to know that about me. And so I just started blogging and, you know, just posted on my Facebook and it kind of grew from there because I got such a really good response from people just it, it resonating with people of, of because so many women and men too, you know, struggle with comparing yourselves to people they see in the media and wrestling with all the latest and, and greatest diet trends that they think they have to adhere to to lose weight and all of this sort of conflicting information we have out there. People 
it really resonated with people. And so that, that's kind of where I began and it sort of just blossomed from there. I mean, I started blogging more and more and ended up starting to take on coaching clients and developed an online program because I wanted to reach more people. And I, you know, with one-on-one work, I could only, I could only do so many a week. And so it kind of Mm -hmm. began with, from a very different direction, but it was, you know, blossomed into something much different than I had envisioned, but something amazing and something I'm really passionate about. So, so many great things that you just shared. You mentioned that you were enrolled in a master's program in nutrition, but at a certain point, you discovered something about yourself that you were or you weren't that passionate about that field that you were in. Your passion was different. And I want to take a moment to stop here and sort of internalize what you just shared. Action Tribe, just remember, no matter where you are right now or what path you're on, it's never too late to change if you feel it deep down. And just realizing that you need to change is not enough. As you noticed, Jen started blogging, which is amazing because blogging, podcasting, uh, you know, making videos, it's not easy because it sort of exposes your vulnerability to a new audience, people who can comment and like and share their thoughts based on what you just shared. And, uh, you know, as you did more of those blog articles, it was clear that, you know, you got better at it and you attracted and resonated people who came closer to you. Is that correct? Yeah. And I think that's a really good point about changing our path passion or maybe not our passion, but but shifting direction when something doesn't feel right or deep down, we know that we need to move in a different direction. Because for me, I did struggle with mm-hmm. the, the nutrition piece because I felt like it was very marketable. And so many people wanted a nutritionist and it was it made so much sense to people. And what I do, you know, a food code, what does that mean? I mean, you know, and I tell people I have a website and they, I mean, they get it once they look around and stuff, but to explain what I do in broader terms, I work with emotions, I work with mindset, I work with mental blocks, I work with, on body acceptance and you know it sometimes it's harder to and coaching sometimes it's harder to grasp than oh I'm a nutritionist and so for me it was sort of that you know what will people think and isn't this just does this just makes more sense to be a nutritionist you know the more rational logical path mm-hmm. doesn't always make the most sense our non-logical path that our heart wants might not make as much sense as a logical rational one but I think it's like you know that that inner knowing of just that gut feeling of like well, well this is my path you know this is how I want to shift onto that path mm-hmm. I love that now on your website you talk about the diet cycle so what exactly is the diet cycle it's actually something I'm very familiar with because I spent so much of my time in it and it typically goes like this you know let's say you're you're unsatisfied with your body and or, or let's say summer's coming and you're like oh you know I'm going to get in a bathing suit. I'm going to be burying more skin. And you know, all these kind of thoughts go through your head. And you're like, oh, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to get a beach-ready body. I'm going, to, I'm going to slim down for summer. And you're kind of like, all right, starting Monday, I'm going to do paleo. I'm going to do Whole30. I'm going to do some diet, um, clean eating, cutting out carbs, whatever it is. And, and it's like for so many people, the restrictiveness, the limitations it imposes, the pressure we put on ourselves to adhere to a strict eating regimen, it can almost backfire because for me and for so many of the women I work with, it's like on Monday we make these grand promises, you know, okay, I'm going to start over on Monday and like this is it. Like this is the time where I am just going to to get it right and I'm not going to fail. I'm going to stick to this diet. And, you know, by Thursday, by Friday, by Wednesday maybe that it's just like, you know, someone brings in cookies to work and they're not on our diet plan but they smell so good and we're just like, oh, you know, I can't resist them. And so we end up, you know, eating 10 because it's, well, 
I'm going to start over tomorrow because I can't have these cookies. And so I'm going to get them all in now, you know, eat as many as I can because tomorrow I'm going to start again. And it sort of is this endless cycle of dieting. You fall off, you know, I call it the bandwagon, falling off the bandwagon. Mm. And you get back on, you make these grand promises, and then you end up overeating. And, And it's kind of that back and forth where, you know, I like to say, like, when you go on a diet, you eventually have to go on. If you go on something, there has to be an off. And so for so much of our society today, we've just internalized so much about, okay, we have to eat this way. Intellectually, we should be doing this. You know, we've got to follow this nutritional advice. And and what I teach is really learning how to listen to your body and learning what you need and how to find those answers within instead of just jumping on the latest trend of, oh, this diet's popular. I'm going to start this tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So you spoke about the fact that when a particular season arrives, for example, summer, people jump onto the latest and most popular diet and uh, they get tempted and they quit and then they make a promise again and come back, but they fall back. So there's this cycle of, uh, you know, going back to the diet and then quitting, right? So my question is, based on your experience and based on your study, what are some of the misconceptions that people have when trying to lose weight? I'd say most people sort of, adhere to a one size fits all plan. And so I think the current fads forget that everybody is different and different seasons require different eating and different life experiences. You know, you might have more time to cook and have, you know, not a, not a high stress job and you have tons of time to plan your meals and eat really healthy. Whereas someone else might be a mom of three and working full time and Mm -hmm. time to cook. And, you know, she's got to make crock pot meals and just freezer meals and, and, and has to be quick and easy. And so it's like life situations can be very different, but also body types. And there's so many factors that go into what works for us, our digestive health, you know, our immune health, our metabolism, our biochemistry, our blood sugar levels, all that stuff sort of factors into to how we end up losing weight. And I think people just are like, oh, it's whole 30. Like, you know, I'm, I'm going to do it. But like, does it work for you? You know, does it work for your body? And, you know, where you are seasonally or where you can factor in the time of uh, food prep and, and how much time you have to devote to meal planning. And so I think it's it's forgetting sort of that our own innate body wisdom. And if you think about it, you know, we're all born knowing when to eat and when we're full and when we get hungry and what portion is good. It's like little kids have such a great, you know, are such a great example of this because it's like they have that guidance system internally. They don't question it. You know, they, they're done their meal. They want to go play. They have more important things to do. And so it's like we sort of lose touch with that. And, and what I teach is getting back to that place within us where we, we trust that guidance. And that's sort of where the lasting change comes from because when we learn to listen to our own selves and what we need, and what we want and when we're full and when we're hungry and what foods energize us and what foods make us feel sluggish. It's like that's where the lasting change comes because we're not using our mind. We're not using the intellect to create some rule or some food regimen that we have to adhere to. It becomes a deeper sort of body wisdom sense that we know oh, this food makes me feel better and this food doesn't. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's not an answer from our head. It's not like a rule, oh, you can't eat that cookie. It sort of comes from a, a different place of, oh, well, how does that cookie make me feel? And so I think with weight loss, it's, it's sort of, that was sort of a long-winded answer, but I would say sort of on a more practical level, a lot of people think that eating fewer calories is the way to lose weight. And 
remembering that our bodies need fuel. And a lot of times, just from a biochemical standpoint, our bodies, when we cut back calories and we eat, you know, we go into that sort of starvation mode in our body and our, and our body holds on to everything that, that we're eating because it's in starvation mode. You know, it's in like, oh my gosh, I don't know what's coming. Is, is it a famine? And, and our body kind of sends that emergency signal off. So we actually hold on to the weight even more. And so I think that's sort of a common misnomer in when trying to lose weight. It's like, oh, we got to cut it to a thousand calories or, you know, mm-hmm. calorie wise, we kind of go into that whole world. And in fact, it, it's sort of because we want that quick fix. You know, we want like, oh, we want it to happen by next week instead of taking that big picture view of, oh, well, how do we get back in touch with ourselves? So we don't have to count calories. We don't have to track every single thing that we're eating and putting into our mouths. Mm-hmm. So it's all about, I guess, tapping into our internal guidance system instead of adhering to a diet that somebody else created that is supposed to work for everyone. Yes. And that's sort of in the most simple terms, yes. But, you know, with that comes a lot of, you know, emotions tie into the food and people eat when they're, mm. eat when they're anxious or eat when they're, you know, feeling something. And so it's like re, essentially relearning how to listen to ourselves, you know, whether that's emotionally and what we need, whether that's physically and what we need. But it's, you know, our relationship with food reflects out into so many other things in our life. And so it's like finding that sense of trusting ourselves and trusting our own guidance that we know what to eat and when we get rid of all those rules in our head about we have to eat this kale smoothie or we have to eat this salad or we have to eat this because we're going to lose weight it sort of opens up a whole new world of oh well, well what do i want to eat what feels good to eat what what's nourishing to my body and that kind of thing mm-hmm. now i know that your program healing from within is eight weeks long could you walk us through what exactly happens each week yeah so i actually designed the program to address the eight big themes that that run through what so many people struggle with around food and body and eating. Sure. And so the first week we do address rebalancing the biochemistry. So this this week is is really jumping into the food piece. And because food is a component, you know, it is emotionally, it is it is mental, it is all these other things, but it, it, I mean, we're going to be eating, you know, three, four, five times a day forever. So we have to address that piece of it. And so I teach a way of eating that uh, sort of essentially rebalances us from a biochemical perspective, because a lot of times when we're in that diet and overeating cycle for so long, you know, our body's just kind of all over the place, metabolically, digestive wise, and, and it, mm. our blood sugar. And so I, I kind of teach, okay, let's stabilize ourselves first. So that opens up a path into a more intuitive way of eating. And so the second week we go into letting go of the diet mentality and really addressing beliefs and looking at the diets we've gone on and understanding that dieting only leads you to, you know, failure is sort of built into the cycle and saying, you know, when you go on a diet, you have to go off a diet. And we, we go into, um, an approach I call eating to satisfy. So, so when satisfaction and nourishment become an integral part of the way we eat, it's sustainable for the long term. You know, it's not a 30 day fix. It's not a 21 day cleanse. It's like, we've got to learn how to satisfy ourselves so we can sustain this way of eating long term. So the third mm-hmm. week we dive into mindful eating, which is, which, you know, I'm, I'm really big on 
because when we slow down, when we pay attention, when we actually are present for what we're eating, a lot of our unhealthy habits tend to fall away naturally. So, so teaching tips and um, strategies to really start to slow down and cultivate that sense of mindfulness and awareness and how that relates to food and eating. And the fourth week, we, we talk about hunger and fullness and really learning the art of listening to the body because it is often a forgotten art um, because many women have spent so much time battling themselves and mistrusting their bodies and to build that bridge from, okay, Mm -hmm. you know, here's me having ignored my body for so many years and how do I get to that place where I'm listening and I'm learning and I'm I'm letting the answers come up and, and beginning to trust. We also go into, uh, in the fifth week, emotions, which is, which is such a big component of addressing all the stuff beneath it. And I think a lot of times that's where diets fail, is that it's very surface level. And so we've got to address why we're eating in the first place and what role food plays in our lives and what, what need it fulfills so that we can get those needs met elsewhere and learn to deal with emotions and process the difficult things mm-hmm. dealing with in life. The sixth week goes into uh, perfectionism. And this is sort of a big theme that comes up again and again, thinking we need to be a certain weight or a certain size to feel sure. acceptable, to feel enough. And so sort of this touches a little bit on accepting ourselves where we are and, and learning to soften that pressure we put ourselves to be perfect and to, to, to you know, whittle ourselves down to this certain size so we can gain acceptability. And then the seventh week is all about self-care and nourishment. So really learning how to take care of ourselves because a lot of times we use food as a substitute for pleasure in our lives or to fulfill needs we're not quite sure how to get met. And so we kind of learn how to take care of ourselves and how to nourish ourselves from a deeper level than just eating and just food. And then the last week is sort of, you know, one that could probably be taken into like six more weeks, but it's about finding your connection to spirit, to your soul, to, you know, whatever phrase you want to put on it, because so much of disordered eating is eating to fill an emptiness, eating to fill something Mm -hmm. that we, we don't have inside of us. And so, you know, trying to establish some connection uh, to something bigger than us so it can find that connection and not use food to fill this emptiness inside of us. Wonderful. So thanks a lot for your response. I loved your response. Love the range of topics that you speak about in the course. And more importantly, the progression of the topics uh, is really amazing. You, you start with rebalancing the body's biochemistry. You move into letting go of the diet mentality, creating that mind shift. You move into mindful eating, hunger and fullness, listening to the body, moving on to emotions, perfectionism, because a lot of people uh, have a difficulty acting accepting themselves you focus on that and then move on to self-care and nourishment and finally when you once you've completed the first through seven you move on to finding your connection with your higher self or spirit or whatever name you give it but just finding your connection so that you don't have to fill that emptiness with food you because you have that connection now thanks a lot for that answer now something that also caught my attention was a meditation product that you offer called fall in love with your body meditation is that correct yes how does this work i found that meditation can be an amazing tool for beginning the path and deepening the path 
uh, down sure. to body acceptance because so often, you know, in my journey, especially in so many of the women I've worked with, it's like we accept our bodies and like we got it. And then something pulls us off center. It's something, you know, we see someone who lost weight, someone triggers us. We see an advertisement telling us, you know, okay, lose weight. And this is how you do it. And featuring, you know, models and, uh, stick thin women and all this kind of stuff. And sort of like constantly in, in today's society, I think it, it can be challenging to find that body acceptance, but also maintain it because we're, you know, there's so much external stimulation in social media and Instagram mm-hmm. and pictures and like everything. It's just, we're, we're surrounded by, you know, ideals of bodies that we think we should be at. And so I found meditation to be a really helpful tool. Some people, some people don't latch onto it right away. Some people really resist meditation. I resisted meditation for, for many years. I was like, no, I don't have time for meditation, which is, you know, like the whole point is that when you don't have time, you, you need to meditate. <laughs> um, but I created um, a 12 minute meditation to just sort of kickstart that connection to something that goes beyond ourselves. Because I think with body acceptance, if, if, you know, affirmations can work and positive thinking can work, but the, at the end of the day, I think what really drives it home is closing our eyes and being able to feel that we're bigger than our body, that we're not just our physical self and what we see. And so I use the meditation to sort of guide you know, the listener there to begin to connect with that and begin to feel that sense of internal peace and center so that, you know, going there again and again and again can be like the anchor. So when they get thrown off center or when they feel bad about their body or they're finding themselves comparing to someone else, it's like coming back to that place and and being familiar enough with it that you feel when you get thrown off, but you know, oh, I, I know how to get back there. Wonderful. So it seems like you're not just teaching people the mind, the mental aspect, the physical aspect of what to eat, what not to eat, creating that relationship and the love for that person, but also helping them get back on track once in a while when they get off track and helping them create that sacred sanctuary, so to speak, so that they're safe even after the program ends, so to speak. Yeah, and it, it is, I will say it's a journey. Um, and, and for yeah. me, it definitely has been a journey. But I think the point being that you you have the tools and you know what to come back to and you know what to help and you know it's like strengthening a muscle. You know, you might not get it forever, but you still know how to strengthen that muscle so that becomes stronger and stronger and that becomes the default instead of defaulting back into old patterns. Awesome. So Jen, thank you so much for sharing your tips and your insights. As we speak, I can imagine so many actions takers having this one question on their mind how do i start building a strong and healthy relationship with food so is there a health tip that you'd like to share with our listeners that they could try you know right after this episode i'd say looking at in your life where you have food rules and what i mean by that is we all have these rules in our head about i can't eat after seven i can't eat carbs i can't eat bread Monday through Friday, you know, I can't eat sweets at work, you know, whatever rules we have for ourselves, like the good food, bad foods type of thing, just sort of making a list like doing just doing a brain dump of like, here are all my Mm. rules. I think once you kind of start looking at, okay, well, where am I making these rules for myself? And where am I imposing limitations? And where do I automatically have, oh, this is good, or this is bad. And just just kind of writing them out and then starting to see because the awareness of that of just doing that starts to soften the rules because you start to see where they 
have their hold over you. And, and for me, for so long, it was, you know, not eating after seven, not eating sweets Monday through Friday. And, and when I started to recognize them for what they were, it allowed me to be able to have a sweet on a Wednesday and have it be okay. Because I started to examine the rules and be like, well, who, who made this rule? You know, why am I listening to this rule? And, you know, who said that this is actually true? And so it's like when we, we can ask those questions about what we're blindly following, it starts to break it apart so that they don't become how, you know, our lives dominated by these rules and these things we follow. And so I, that can be really, really helpful. So that's sort of a more, you know, I would say holistic type tip for people who are desperately in that cycle and can't get out. On a, on a more practical level, I think making sure you're eating about every three to four hours and so it, it's different for, for many people. It can be, you know, it can be four and a half hours. It can be, you know, three hours. But the point is that when we, when our blood sugar gets so low, and so that typically happens, you know, four and a half into that fifth hour between times that we've eaten, we start to get those like physical cravings. And, you know, we're at that place where our blood sugar is, is at the bottom and we want anything, you know, a sugar, a quick digesting carb, caffeine to kind of pick our energy up and to get our blood sugar back up to its norm. And so I think just remembering that a lot of people struggle with cravings and, you know, not mm -hmm. being able to resist the candy dish at work. But a lot of times it has to do with just something as simple as eating every three to four hours. And if that sort of time frame doesn't work for you, looking at eating more regularly and often, so you keep your blood sugar at that stable level, so you don't have to get into the cravings and the physical pull of, oh my gosh, I need food, I need sugar, I need something to give me that energy. Action Tribe, to access the show notes for today's episode, visit my 7 chakrascom forward slash 133. That's my 7 forward slash 133. There is only one way to happiness. And that is to cease worrying about things which are beyond the power of our will. This is a brilliant quote by Greek philosopher Epictetus. One of the biggest strengths of mankind, Action Tribe, is the ability to think, imagine and communicate. However, this strength can also be a huge challenge because we tend to imagine negative consequences which leads to worry, which leads to stress and ultimately to disease and bad health. Your objective is to stop, recognize those patterns, recognize those rules as Jen shared and replace those worries with positive thoughts and constructive action taking. If something is within your control, then get support, learn, read, take a course and take action. However, as Epictetus said over 2000 years back, you need to cease worrying about things that are beyond your control. So Jen, take us back to a time when you faced a major obstacle, whether it's financial, health, relationships or something else. Talk to us about how you came across the challenge and then how did you deal with it finally? I would say one of my biggest challenges was when I so being caught in this cycle of disordered eating and and when I finally got to the size that I had wanted to be for so long and I remember standing in the mirror and being at the smallest I ever was you know I lost tons of weight and I could you know fit into dresses and small jean sizes and all of these things and I remember looking in the mirror and still thinking that I wasn't acceptable that I wasn't enough and it was such a defining moment for me because it was like I had gotten everything I thought I wanted. I had achieved the weight loss. I had gotten to exactly where for so long I had said, well, once I get here, then I'll be happy. You know, then I'll accept my body. Then I'll feel comfortable in myself. And it was like this just 
light bulb moment of, oh my gosh, I've gotten, I'm at that place right now and I don't feel happy, I don't feel comfortable, and I don't feel accepted. And it sort of sparked my own spiritual journey of, well, how do I find happiness and how do I feel acceptable and feel comfortable and and be happy internally? And I think for me, it was that feeling of hopelessness and, and like, but I had gotten everything that I thought I wanted and I should be happy right now. And instead, I, I don't feel happy. I just feel desperate. Like I'm wondering how I'm going to stay at this weight. I felt like a failure because I still didn't like my body. And I sort of felt like, well, what was the point of all this? You know, what was the point of dieting and trying to be thin and, you know, having this sort of control my mind because it was sort of this like, oh, well, I still don't love myself. And for me, it just sort of was a big catalyst for, okay, well, let's have a different focus here. Let's not focus on the weight loss and the dieting and controlling my food, but let's focus on how can I be happy and how can I find happiness within myself and within my life and live in the moment and not just be living for some point in the future that I think is going to make me happy again. Wonderful. Now, in just one sentence, what is it one major life lesson that you'd like to share with our listeners? Oh, one sentence. So I'd say that happiness is never in the future. It's always in the here and now. Love that. So firstly, Thanks a lot for sharing this uh, story with us. This phase of the show is usually the most powerful. I love this phase because it allows me to, you know, sort of understand your experience of going through a challenge and what you learned as a result of it. Because as they say that the biggest life lessons is what the universe teaches us before warning us, right? So it's always before warning. And let me just restate some of the things that you shared for the benefit of our listeners. You shared that the biggest challenge that you had was at that point, disordered eating and then you took the action, you lost weight, you stood in front of the mirror and even then, logically, you should have felt happy but then you felt like there was something missing. You didn't feel accepted. You felt like you weren't enough and that sort of hit you because it led you to wondering if this is not making me happy then how do I find that happiness and that sort of took you on a quest to find happiness not in the future but find ways to find happiness right now. So I think a lot of our listeners will be highly inspired by your story and it sort of reflects in your course as well because in your course you just don't teach people how to lose weight but you focus on so many other aspects of weight loss you know first of all eating right your connection with yourself your connection to spirit and also integrating that with wonderful meditation so that the person can always come back to track and find that sacred space wherever he or she is so I love your focus and thanks a lot for sharing sure (laughs) and Action Tribe social media and the internet are bringing us closer than ever. Never before in the history of mankind did we have within our reach software that allows us to have crystal clear conversations with people around the world. I'm living proof. I live in Vancouver, Canada, up north, and I recently interviewed a guest all the way down south in Australia. A few weeks back, I interviewed someone living in Ecuador in South America. Isn't that amazing? As we speak, there are people who are trying to use technology to cure cancer, to provide education, to help conscious businesses grow. However, with the power of the internet, hate and intolerance can also spread, as you might have noticed. People who judge others based on your religion, color, race, gender, or country of origin, and are always saying things to instigate. In such a moment, remember the powerful words of Thomas Paine, who said, my country is the world and my religion is to do good. So Jen, what is your life's calling as on today? I'm actually doing my life's calling and my passion and sort of my vision is to help 
millions of women find peace in their bodies and peace in their eating because I think it's when I first started my business I didn't have a clue how just how many people struggled with this and I get messages mm-hmm. and emails and you know posts all the time about from women just saying like oh my gosh you know I thought it was crazy I thought I thought I was just crazy thinking all of these things and dealing with all this all of this stuff on my own and it's like I'm so surprised by kind of you know what you're saying working with people from all over the world and interviewing people from all over the world like you know it's not just I live in the states it's not just people in America it's people everywhere all over the world mm-hmm. who struggle with this and it's to really it's a symptom of something so much deeper and to help contribute to you know people's happiness and to live the life that they are meant to live and not to be hiding in this shell of you know of a life where they feel hopeless and like a failure and like they're just caught in this cycle of trying to lose weight you know forever and I think that was sort of a defining moment for me you know when I had that moment in the mirror of just like oh my gosh you know am I going to be in this cycle for the next 20 years for the next 50 years I don't want to spend my life you know and look back 50 years from now and say Oh, I just spent the, the entire part of my 50 years obsessing over how I was fat or how I wasn't thin enough or what diet I could go on. And I didn't want that to be my legacy. And it was sort of that catalyst for me to, to shift into my own healing and now, you know, helping to heal others as well. So Jen, be prepared for the onslaught of emails and calls that you'll be receiving from Action Tribe who <laughs> want to know how do they change their relationship with food. Now, as you relive your memories, was there ever a moment in your life, maybe a magic moment beyond which you were confident that your life was about to change? Take us to that very moment. I would have to say, actually not having anything to do with food or weight or body, um, I uh, my undergrad degree was in advertising. And when I finished my degree, I had done a study abroad program called Semester at Sea. And, um, you know, it just kind of got the travel bug because I'd experienced so many different countries and kind of travel all over, all over the world. And when I graduated college, I knew I didn't want to be in advertising and I didn't want to work at an ad agency. And it was, it was like... I just remember, and you know, it wasn't some earth shattering moment, but I just remember for me sitting on my bed in my dorm room, having just finished all my classes and, you know, being done college and knowing that I was going to spend my next year traveling and living in another country and just sort of not following the, this path that I had been set out on. And it was like this exhilarating and terrifying moment at the same time, because I was like, Oh my gosh, like this is my passion. I want to travel. I want to experience different cultures. I want to live in an, in another country. And at the same time, terrifying of what my parents think, you know, what will other people think? I just got this degree and I'm just going to quote unquote wasted and I'm not going to follow and pursue a career in advertising. And so it was like this magic moment of equal parts fear and equal parts exhilaration and I think the exhilaration was was greater than the fear and that's how I knew it was like yes like this is a defining moment of I'm gonna listen to my heart and I'm gonna listen to myself and not let some expectation or some you know someone's idea of what I should do with with my life or my career define me well thanks a lot for sharing that wonderful moment with Action Tribe. And that brings us to the final round for today's show, the Wisdom Round, which basically is four questions, rapid fire round style. Are you ready? I'm ready. So Jen, what is the best advice that someone's ever given you? It's sort of a quote and it's the heart has reasons that reason cannot know. And meaning our heart knows the way and it might not make sense. It might not be logical. It might be like, oh my gosh, is that really the right thing for me? But I've found over and over again in my life that 
you know, my heart knows and, and that intuitive gut feeling that you just know, like, this is right. This is my path has given me so much direction in my own life. So what is it one personal habit that keeps you strong? Hands down, it would be journaling. And so I try and journal every day just about, you know, emotional, because for me, it was, I had spent so long stuffing down my emotions and it's a way for me to heal and to release and to process things that are going on in my own life. Love that. So what is your morning ritual like? What do you do during the first two hours of your day? A lot of times it involves some sort of exercise. So whether that's a walk or yoga or, um, you know, run or something, I try and move, move my body. Uh, Meditation. So I try and do 10 to 15 minutes every morning and starting off with something inspirational. So whether that's a video or a little passage in an inspirational book or a quote or a meditation, you know, something, a song or something like that, but some piece of material that inspires me and uplifts me and kind of kickstarts my day. You know, I wouldn't say I do that every single day, but more often than not, I I try and do all three of those things. You know, I would say sometimes it's like, oh, I'm just going to press snooze. I'm so tired. But, you know, more often than not, I love to start my day with, with those three things. So name a book that you'd like to recommend for our listeners today. A book that has been life-changing for me is The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. And it introduced me to, that was kind of my first spiritual self-help inspirational book. And it, it, you know, it's, it's incredible to just realize that we have the power of being in the now as how we can be happy and how we can find peace and joy in the moment. So Action Tribe, to access today's show notes, visit my7chakras.com forward slash 133. That's my7chakras.com forward slash 133. And this is a good time, Action Tribe, to think about what is that one thought that's going on in your mind right now. And if you're thinking about the future, come back to the here and now. Sajin, thank you so much for coming on our show today. Before you go, tell us one thing that you are really, really grateful for and tell us how we can find you. I'm really grateful for my new nephew who, as I said in the beginning, um, his name matches yours, which is AJ. He's uh, a week mm. old. So <laughs> it's been really, really special in my life. And you can find me at www.jenhand.com. J-E-N-N-H-A-N-D.com. So we'll definitely have this link up in the show notes. Action Tribe, if you want a way to change your relationship with food by just not focusing on a diet and then losing weight and gaining it back again, but changing the way you look at uh, health in general. Because as we spoke about in the start, your mind and body are connected. And Jen definitely knows through experience that you need a holistic approach to changing your lifestyle, changing your habits, changing your patterns, and not just uh, you know having that change or making that change, but staying there and embracing the real you. If you need to learn more, go to jenhand.com, N. H-A-N-D.com. We'll have the link in the show note as well. So Jen, thank you so much for coming on our show, talking to us about our relationship with food and taking us one massive leap closer to a human revolution. Thank you for having me. It was fun. You were listening to My 7 Chakras. Go to my S-E-V-E-N chakras.com. Download your free gift, get inspired, and take action. Transform your life today.